0: funny i remember you looking really uncomfortable
1: because i had been so sick and i had been in the hospital
0: Uh (laughs) because
1: i had food poisoning so bad i just knew that like i was dying so i think maybe the day before i met you i went to the hospital and they were just like girl you're just gonna shit yourself for another two or three days (laughs) go ahead and go home you went to the hospital yeah because i have never been that sick it was like three days of food poisoning. That's a long time. A long time. That it was time. so terrible. Place. So yes, I was very uncomfortable when I met you.
0: That's-
1: and I also had no sense of what you thought of me, uh-huh. which is an important thing <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I need to know what people think of me like uh-huh. to read them. So I had no ability of reading you until I got into the conflict with that guy. And I was going off on him on Twitter (laughs) and you called me. And the first thing you said was, Hey, what's up? What's going on? And like, just the conversation that you had from the gate, I could tell you had my back. And I was uh, like, I fuck with this Andrew Yang guy. Like I remember getting off the phone and saying to my boyfriend at the time, like, you know, the guy that I leave the team, I fuck with him. (laughs) That's where my impressions of you start.
0: Yeah. I honestly don't remember a whole lot. Like, of the night we actually met or me neither or of like the I, I don't even know how much we planned and stuff I guess we must have had some plans and some meetings after that
1: I don't think we did we, okay I don't think we did I think it was a shock for both of us uh-huh. and like the team hadn't been that active before yeah. we started leading no. it I guess that's true so we were kind of just like well, whatever hmm and then we started figuring stuff out together. I do
0: remember looking up your Instagram and seeing that your handle was Keish Nasty. <laughs> I
1: was like, what?
0: Like, is her actual, is like, she, is her name keisha? Like, Is her, that her middle name or what is that? Where does the keisha come from? Yeah,
1: where does that come comes from? comes from nowhere.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, like the friendship. The because friendship like, why
1: is my name Bethany? Mm-hmm. Do I even fucking look like a Bethany? Now I look like a Keisha. So, so one can, day in college, so I was just like, i to
2: get job, up.
1: Beth? So you can get that interview. That's bullshit. That's exactly why my parents named me Bethany. Because they wanted to make sure that I that got jobs. So you couldn't tell who I was on a resume. And literally one day in college, I was just like, Bethany's a stupid name. I'm going to go by Keisha. And my friends thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and it just went. Because so I've been Keisha since I was like 19. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I like fo- I followed your socials and I was very confused and it was on those socials that i saw you were going off about you know him yeah. and then i and then i was like oh, i better check in on bethany yeah amazing yep. and honestly chris i don't remember meeting you <laughs> <laughs> i don't I, I think i do have a vague impression of i think maybe it is that just the for the circle mobilizing team a lot of white people came in and out yeah so or maybe i'm i'm just I, in general i'm just bad with knowing people <laughs> So I, I think I didn't, I, I don't even know if I noticed you. And then at a certain point, I noticed that you were still around. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> That's the part with Chris. I yeah. Feel like, yeah. yeah. Your consistency right. is like, I need to be this guy's friend because he don't been around for a minute. Yeah, at a certain <laughs> he keeps point, smiling I at he he kept nice sticking person. around. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and at that point, I was like, oh, I better get to know him. Yeah, Chris yeah. I'm consistent. I'm not,
2: I'm not one of the revolving door white people. <laughs> but hilarious i can i can see that from your perspective what is the point of getting to know this person Mm -hmm. um it's interesting you say like like not reading andrew i very like andrew i still feel that way like i i know we're friends but i'm never quite sure what andrew is thinking (laughs) (laughs)
1: like (laughs) you remember how we met beth i do so i remember you being this curly haired You felt skinny to me at the time, which is not a way that I would label you (laughs) now, not because you're heavier, but just like, I don't know, that's just like not the best label for somebody. (laughs) But I remember thinking of you as this curly haired, skinny white guy that was so funny and just had this genuine laugh. So I enjoyed coming to sell. Mm. I first got connected with Circle for folks that don't know this. I got connected because my Uh, cousin was like an apprentice pastor or something at the time. But the way he approached me about it was like, Hey, do you want to hang out with me on Thursday nights? It's like Bible study. So I enjoyed seeing my cousin and then you cracked me up. I, I think this was years later, but at one point, some one of a person in our cell would always like, just, I don't know, posture or just pronounce words in this way. It almost felt like to make themselves see, feel smarter. I don't know why they talk like this. It was just them. But I'll never for, forget Chris saying, mm, similar to hippopotami. And I don't know. <laughs> I think of hippopotamite and will like cry laughing <laughs> to this day. Like it was just the most hilarious thing, uh, and it made everybody laugh because everybody was thinking, "Why do you pronounce words like this? Why are you saying it like this?" And when you said like, hippopotamite, it took us all out. So
0: pretentious. Oh, yes, yeah, pretentious
1: is the word yeah. I was looking for. See, I know words. Yeah. Um, so that's always been my impression of you: <laughs> is that you crack me up. <laughs> I I wanted to be
2: your friend when uh, when we met I, I was like I want Beth to stick around you were like you were really like I mean like it was clear that you were like showing up for your cousin mm-hmm. for those first few cells um but you just like you just had this bearing like you were you' were you had a lot going on like you were there's something about like... I was like, there's something about the way Beth sees the world that I want to know more about. <laughs> <laughs> right? And especially in the way like you, you can you can find out some of the way that Beth sees the world if you go to her social media, but like <laughs> that's a skewed picture. <laughs> Maybe if you put them all together you get a better sense, but like Beth is complicated mm-hmm. is really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm.
1: Um and I was really young in that sound too. I was twenty three. Yeah, I was 23 when I first you're met of, you're you. You were kind of
2: crushed up in the in that corner of that couch, from what I remember,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to figure out what this is all about um, Why why these people cussed at church. Ugh. I remember one of the pastors cussing, I get... and I was like, "What?" It felt outrageous. Mm. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it felt outrageous. How far we've come. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I had a similar instinct to you, Chris, in that I was like, I. I don't think I can stick around if this if I can't make Circle of Hope the type of church that can keep Bethany. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, and I, in fact, I think that's why I went so hard when when that beef happened because I was like, "Oh, this is this is it. This is the thing that drives Beth out because mm-hmm. it's another bullshit yes. racist thing that's happening." I'm mm-hmm. glad you said
2: it that way. Like that is exactly it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I better let Bethany know that I'm in her corner. <laughs> like that was like what I was. You did.
1: Yeah, and we've been. You've been my homie since. Good. I've been rocking with you since, Andrew. Right. You too, Chris. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> we've like, had each other's backs I, for I oh, mean, like ten years now, almost. Yeah, and
2: that is like that is part of my my framework going forward. It's like, like if something happens with Beth and Andrew, like that might be it for me too. <laughs>
0: Um, okay, do we want to start the podcast? Yeah <laughs> Let's start a, the podcast With a, with a damn threat <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right The spirit of incarceration dwells here And then we're moving by the pack, so we moving them And even if you don't, then you do because you're cool with them They be like, I only went to school with them
0: Welcome to Color Correction, a Jesusy podcast about race and faith from the perspective of an Asian guy, a black girl, and a white guy, too. I'm Andrew. I use he, him pronouns. I'm Asian.
1: My name is Bethany. I use she, her pronouns, and I am a black woman.
0: My name is Chris.
2: I'm a white man, and I use he, him pronouns.
0: So this is episode 61. <laughs> and it, we've been gone for like six months and the yeah. hilarious thing is like six months ago on um, episode 60 we were like we have something special. <laughs> and, we, and the special thing was that we were just gone. Yeah. We just ghosted everyone. Um, um,
2: Like the snake oil sales people we are. We just ghosted you.
1: <laughs> or like dating app people. Right. Right. That's what I think
0: I Yeah. And I guess guess what we were thinking at the time was that we would try to reorient the podcast to, like, kind of start off with storytelling and Mm -hmm. be oriented around that theme, which I think we still might do. We're going to experiment with that a little bit with this episode. Um, But also, yeah.
1: I haven't said this to you all before, but I'm really excited about the storytelling format because I think that it is an action against white supremacy culture. Oftentimes, like white supremacy wants us to just get data and just talk about things mm-hmm. like it's just a fact. All these I- ideologies, they're just facts, but like mm-hmm. stories create these facts um, and story part- storytelling is such a part of the black diaspora that, yeah, I'm excited to dive yeah. into this.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, one of the things we've always tried to emphasize in this podcast and I got probably like in our lives is that all theology is contextual theology. Mm-hmm. Like there's no pure idea. Every idea comes out of a person's experience, a person's mm-hmm. story and what they're going through. And unless you understand that you, you can't understand the idea, the mm-hmm. idea that like, Oh, there's just some neutral idea floating out there. Right. right just means that that idea is made up by a, a white dude.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. I guess the other new thing we're doing here is that we're all actually in the same room. But uh, Tess as our has been promoted from social media goddess to radio producer slash social media goddess and thinks it would be good if we had uh, some video clips. So I guess they'll probably improve as time goes on. Yeah. But right now, this is what we've got for her to cut up and put on TikTok. Mm -hmm.
1: We should get a TikTok. I never even thought of that. Oh my god! Yeah, that'll be great. Probably, yeah. I run into. We could get so famous on TikTok. Dude, I don't want to be famous. What made me say that? I would hate for people to go back to my Twitter in 2012 <laughs> or something. Uh-huh. You know, I don't want to be famous. Uh, I,
0: I, I feel like part of the magic of radio is that nobody has to watch my weird jerky movements. Also, I completely forgot that we were recording anything today. So I like I didn't shave today and like my hair is just very dead. George, so. George, I think here? your hair
1: looks great. Thank you. Yeah. That's something
0: yeah. Chris doesn't have to worry about.
2: Yeah, I, <laughs> I walk around with stubble all the time and I shave my
0: head. That's what you get with me. <laughs> um and also uh oh yeah I guess we are the idea is that we'll have, we'll try to have a regular schedule that might be like um once, once a, month. a month which I think is healthy mm-hmm. it's probably
1: more manageable for I us. think so yeah. there was
0: that episode where we were talking about how like how we had kind of bought into hustle culture and I and I think we touched on this that like the weekly thing was uh tough i
1: actually don't think it was in the pandemic when we had a whole lot of energy and things were coming up and we were in the house it felt good that's true and then we got tired that's Mm -hmm. true yeah so i think it became tough it became tough yeah Yeah. but initially we were really excited about the podcast all the time we had things to say that's true we probably could have
0: gone once a week we
1: could have i think we considered it didn't we might
0: have. Oof. Did we? That's wild. I think that it was link. brief,
1: okay. but I think we were like, do we think we can do it once a week? Oh yeah. no, no. Well, you and could. we never edit a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what kept us from doing that's it, like, is the editing.
0: Andrew's fine. Uh, so I guess in this kind of return to form, what we want to explore is the question of why, you know, why this podcast? And I, I think to expand on that, like well, first of all, like, what have we been up to in mm-hmm. the past six months? But also, I feel like in this past six months, it's been a period of reevaluation in terms of what we do want to hold on to and let go of, and what's mm-hmm. going on in our lives. Yeah. And I think we all agreed after getting together that this podcast is something that we want to keep doing. And I think it'd be, inter- it'd be interesting to think about to ask that question of like why, th- why this? Because it doesn't have to be this. We're not obligated to do this. Right. We're not living off of it um you know no one's gonna it's it's freeing to think that we could let it go if we wanted to Mm -hmm. but we've decided not to for at this point so i guess you know why but i guess we should start with where we've been i mean the the big thing is that this podcast has always been kind of connected peripherally connected to our church circle of hope which has kind of Imploded. imploded. I, yeah. can't, I, I was driving, well, on the drive over, I was, like, thinking about how to describe it. And I was, like, it, I guess imploded because that's what institutions do. But it also kind of exploded because all the parts are everywhere.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: yeah. I suppose what imploded is whatever, like, was holding all those things together.
0: Right. I mean, basically, um, all the congregations are in different places and doing their own processes. Mm-hmm. I can say, like... At, at our local congregation, Frankfurt Ave, it's, uh, we lost, well, Johnny got a new job. Mm-hmm. So he's, uh, he hasn't, he's no longer the past, our pastor. And the BIC is in the process of taking our building, basically, mm-hmm. although we probably were holding on to it for a few more months, at least. Um, and in the wake of that, like the congregation, has gotten, like the, the people that have stuck around, it surprised me who stuck around and it surprised me who didn't stick around. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's been kind of a complete reconfiguration of that that, I, that has been happening mm-hmm. that's occupied a lot of my time and attention.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and you've been holding it down. Uh, Andrew's not gonna say this, but I really feel like Andrew has been holding down our congregation, um, really keeping us organized in ways, keeping us moving from doing music to the sermons. Um, I'm deeply grateful for your commitment to our community because in a lot of ways, for me, this break has been nice because so much of last year was filled with like, it felt like we were at war kind of. Um, And I feel like our little pacifist community does not like when we do war references, but whatever. Especially when it's internal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. but it really was um, a battleground for the last year of of trying to be an anti-oppressive and anti-racist organization that affirms Mm -hmm. queer people while also trying to figure out who we are and what we want to keep. Mm-hmm. And all of the tension and anxiety and grief and anger that came up with that. So, yeah, for me, the last six months has really consisted of I quit my position um, in the church as consultant. Um, for many name. reasons. Um, and the last six months has really consisted of caring for my mom, for mm-hmm. me and caring for myself. Because um, child starts tired, tired of
2: yeah, yeah.
1: And all I had was negative things to say for a while, too. Like, yeah. when I was showing up, I was just, like, mad. Like, yeah. just bitching about stuff.
0: Yeah, and that's true for a lot of people that had been around for a while. So, that said, like, I have a ton of compassion for those people that, I, that aren't around. I think I went through my own disillusionment slash, like, paring everything down slash turning my back on a lot of the things that, uh, on maybe the institution as a whole, like, a a few years ago including during the pandemic mm-hmm. like i narrowed my focus of things so much for like i think for for a, a period of time my focus might have been like keeping beth in the church mm-hmm. you know like <laughs> literally like making the church a safe place for like the handful of bipoc people
1: like, circle mobilizing was like your biggest yeah, connection and i said for that multiple times yeah like I, I was interested
0: in being involved in nothing else
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh and I was, de- I deliberately disconnected myself from everything else as like a protective thing. But I think that was, that was healing for me it to a certain extent, I think. And that's, I think, that I, and I hope that's true for a lot of people. Like when you break your arm, you don't, you can you don't keep using it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that arm is out of commission mm-hmm. for a, a little while. Yeah, and you don't say to the person whose arm is broken, like, why are she, you, yeah, why are you fishing doing <laughs> <All> it? <right>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Okay. okay. That makes sense.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. I um, I I we have not seen much of each other, Mm-mm. um, mm-hmm. and that actually has has tapered off tremendously from um, the start of this podcast.
1: Because at one point in time, me and you, Chris, would see each other. Three times a week. It was four times. Yeah. So it yeah. was Monday's Hub, yep. Thursday's Cell. Mm-hmm. We would record the podcast together some weeks and Sundays. Yeah. yeah. So it was so- like there were more days that we saw each other than we didn't. That's very true. Yeah. it's very true. Um,
2: yeah. And... For me, that, that is not, I mean, that has not been about either of you, but it's certainly just been about, like, counting loss and, and like, and having sorrow,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
2: and, like, um, still, like, still trying to do some things, um, like, like um, keep running our, keep running our defense up out of South Philly, but, mm-hmm. but also, like, as I'm, as I'm like processing the like grief of our church and like a lot of like ongoing tensions um, in in my family, um, which all come come under these like very similar headings and themes. Um, like it's also like we're also like coming out of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, the and some of some of some of my missing weeks in in church really was just about me not wanting to go into another space during the week wearing a mask and and nothing else it wasn't even about like the people there but it did like like, it did cement some distance at a really key moment in um in our history mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you feel like
0: you felt the loss of a connection to an institution when you like didn't want to show up oh absolutely yeah absolutely just because like I don't know if everybody feels that loss. And I've been thinking about that a lot. Like, St. Laurentius Church in Fishtown was torn down. And I'm thinking about how, like, in Philly itself, there are just a ton of old stone churches. Mm -hmm. So it's like in the whatever, in the 30s or whatever, you would just get together together. With your neighbors and well, build this fucking building yeah just like yeah. your neigh, na- like your block would just have a big old yeah. church that like you just was like a hub for everything that you did and mm-hmm. it was like an institution and yeah everybody just pitched in and paid for it and built it and that the idea of that like the idea of anybody having enough caring enough like having enough money Time and attention to mm-hmm. build like this massive stone thing that is good for nothing else, right? Except right. for it's being a church, specific. just seems crazy to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like even like when Taco Bell builds a Taco Bell, it doesn't look like a Taco Bell anymore. Like you know how Pizza Hut used to build restaurants that looked specifically like a Pizza oh, Hut, oh yeah, absolutely, and could be nothing else. Mm-hmm. Nobody mm-hmm. does that anymore. <laughs>
2: even even like now when like Pizza Hut's gone and it's a different restaurant.
0: It's, yeah, it could be anything. You know what it was. Well, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, now you know you, you, it's yeah. a Pizza Hut, but Pizza Hut doesn't do that anymore. No. Like, McDonald's doesn't do that anymore. No.
1: Wawa used to do that, too. Yeah. Wawa always had that, like, stone with mm-hmm. the... It would be a single building with the stone on the front in the window pane. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, and there was, like, this implicit idea that, like we're going to build this thing and we're going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, this thing is never going to be anything else than a Wawa mm-hmm. or right. a pizza hut yes. or a church. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's good for one thing. Right. And that's what it looks like. And we're going to carve our name in stone on it. Mm-hmm. And now like we look at these old buildings and we're like lit brothers. What is that? You like right. cared enough to carve that in stone above your building. And now it's a, whatever, Bloomingdale's, right. you know, it's like that mentality is just. The
1: mentality of permanence. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh,
2: absolutely. Yes. When I think about that, like when you're, when, when we're talking just about like how integral churches were, and I, I was thinking about how they, they were a worship space, but they're also
1: community hubs as the community hub and like
2: circle of hope definitely has filled that role for me. Um, and when I think about like, when I, when I, in the last 20, 25 years of my life, like a good portion of
0: it, you yeah. know,
2: been spent with Circle of Hope.
0: Yeah. In buildings. Totally. Me too. And I think the thing that I've been dealing with is like, I think for me, I still need the institution, not mm-hmm. the institution of Circle of Hope specifically, but I Money need an church. institution exactly. Yeah. Like Eliza's fact checker was talking to me the other week, mm-hmm. and she was like, "I just want to confirm that Bethany said this and that you agreed with it." And she was
1: like,
0: <laughs> "If we're not a church, I don't want to do this." Like if we're, if, like I what have my own friends. What I said friends.
1: to my friends was, "I'm not hanging. I'm not just hanging out with y'all."
0: That's it. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: <I'm not laughs> yeah. Hanging out.
0: Yeah, and I was like, I'm
1: so embarrassed that I said that like that, but that was an outrage <laughs> to me.
0: Yeah, because it, we were in a meeting about what, uh, where we were thinking about the future of the church, and some <laughs> yeah. people were like, Church can be anything. We can just be I a little I love group the voice that you that did because that's
1: how it felt for me, too. <laughs> it felt, yeah. and I don't want to disrespect other people's experiences. I think for some people, it really is I'm done with church, mm-hmm. but I like y'all. Yeah. For me, yeah. You know, there are certain people, there is no universe where we would know each other. Mm -hmm. I would never get to know you, Andrew. You'd never, I'd never get to be your friend if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, like not to be churchy, Mm -hmm. but like only in a racist ass, segregated ass America like this. The three of us. Me and you don't meet each other. (laughs) Me and Jordan Burr just goddamn sure don't meet each other. You know what I mean? Like there are so many people I know. Yeah. And the only reason I know them is because of our common love of Jesus. Yes. So to say that like we're not going to be a church together, I would not have said that again. I yeah. would have thought about it more. But I'm not just going to hang out with y'all. That's not. Right. That's not the foundation of our relationship. Jesus was, at the foundation.
0: Was yeah, and I was think- was church quiche. <laughs> what what? <laughs> that reaction,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, and- Reverend quiche Nasty. Like, Bring it back. Guys. <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that in terms of like, there are other, I have friends. Yeah. There are other places I have friends. There are other places I can play music. There are other places I can help people. Like I work at a nonprofit, you know, there are other things I can do. I volunteer at a different thing. Like there's like yeah. extra work things that, but in none of those, I think fill the void specifically, fill the the specific need I have of a church, mm-hmm. w- yeah. which involves for some reason for me, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And like that's significant to me, and I've just been like thinking about like Absolutely. why because it's not it, that's not true for everyone. It doesn't yeah. have to be. Like I, I think some people you like you were saying like they like hanging out, and mm-hmm. that's cool. Like mm-hmm. that's great. I'm glad to hang out with those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like whatever specific itch this scratches for me, it doesn't. It doesn't do the same thing for them.
1: Yeah, faith needs to be at the crux of a faith community, of a church community, of whatever we turn what we're doing into it it does have to revolve around faith for me and i need that i i have been feeling such a deep longing and like a loss over the past couple of months um that I know is just from not having a faith community, not having that structure. And I don't need the structure that we had, but God damn it coming in and people yeah. are singing music. I know that there's going to be a service. I know that there's going to be announcements. and I know that they're going to say, go in peace. Something about that mm-hmm. structure and that steadiness and that consistency, I really miss. Yeah. You know, for me,
2: it is like, it's the singing.
1: I miss singing.
2: It's the singing. Yeah. For sure. Like. It was one thing to, like, sit on my couch during the pandemic and, like, tune in and, and sing and only hear my voice. But, like, walking into the meeting space and, and like, hearing my friends and just, like, hearing what, what like, what, what singing is when it's done together.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and it's done in worship mm-hmm. on top of that. Like, there is something so profound in
1: that. Mm-hmm.
2: It's
1: irreplaceable. There's something really profound about people gathering together that care about each other, that love each other and are connected to Jesus singing. Like, Mm -hmm. I just love the sound of a chorus of like, even people that sing real bad. If there's a lot of good singers, everybody sounds good. It's just (laughs) this like beautiful chorus. And in some ways I've been in settings where... Yeah, no, in in multiple ways or multiple times. I've been in settings where I've walked into our communal space and I instantly am thinking, what do these people think about me? I can't sing with those people. You know what I mean? Like that takes something when you're wondering what people really think of you. Mm -hmm. And I think this moment that we've had as a community, as a faith community, has really brought that. For all of us, yeah, it has. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can't really trust you. How am I supposed to wor- worship Jesus with you? Well, I don't know what you're saying about me behind closed doors. I don't know what you're saying about me when you think I'm not going to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. the communal aspect I miss, and also I realize uh, there's, I don't. We're not going to. I don't know. I think we well, can. Yeah, get I it think back. you're
0: right. Yeah. I mean, I. I the the communal aspect we miss and that's the, the things that we like about a church but the thing is for so many people including for us to an extent the church no longer st- served that need for us it, w- mm-hmm. it was no longer that it was no longer that kind of communal space it was no longer a safe place mm-hmm.
1: there so wasn't it, a foundation of trust it, yeah, to move
0: forward it, right so it had stopped being a church in that way it's it's stopped functioning i think i had a sense of that so i I I mean I so when I said like the circle mobilizing team became the church for me I think that's what I did like mentally I shrank the institution down in to like y'all you know to what you liked right yeah um I mean I think that all explains like where we've been where we've been yeah well that explains where we've been I also Mm -hmm. think that that like explains that answers that has we're addressing the question of like why we are holding on to like the stability of that, of uh, the idea of the institution. Totally. Totally. Um, we've been doing this podcast for three, four years. Four, four years. years. Yeah, coming on four. So this is kind of an in institution. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So another question is like, why Why are we holding on to this institution? Because we could let this go. We could. We, could it, we could, could. it could stop. It could transform. It could do something else. Mm-hmm. It. We, it could not exist. And then we'd have some time back in our lives.
1: (laughs) Which I was kind of like, maybe Mm -hmm. we should let it go. I think that was like my first instinct. I
0: do remember that one time, that one service where there was food afterwards. And you were like, I think I want to talk about the podcast. And I was like, yeah, I think we should talk about it too. And then you were like, I was ready to say that we should let it go. Yeah, until we started talking about about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: what changed your mind? As you and I started talking, I started coming up with ideas of how we could make it feel fresh Mm -hmm. and come from a new approach. And that felt exciting. But I also, I like to pull the plug on things sometimes. So I could (laughs) still (laughs) let this podcast go because I don't want it. We're never going to jump the shark. You know what I mean? Uh But I wouldn't want it to jump the shark. I wouldn't want us to start just talking about dumb shit that we see on the news or something. So I'm always very cautious about making sure something ends before jumping a shark. So my instinct was to be like, let's have a final episode right. and let it go. But I, I don't know. There's something. I feel like there's another seed here, and I'm I'm trying to tend that seed because I mm-hmm. think there's a flower that could come, and I think that flower could could, I don't know, be a blossom for other people as well.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you think that. I don't always trust my own sense of when it's time to end things because I feel like I tend to just grab on until the until the life was completely choked out of it. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's just because like when I was growing up, my mom made me practice the violin until I hate until I fucking hated it, and then she was like, "You got to push through that hate." And then you got to get out the other side, and then you'll be <laughs> really good. And she was right. <laughs> so that has always like fucked with me. Like, that, oh man, my mom was right. Like once you once you get through that hate, right. you're right. better than everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Hating, it <laughs> yeah, right. hating it is the middle part. Yeah, hating it is the middle part so like for me it's been hard because there have been times when it was like it's time to let this thing go mm-hmm. but because i have that mentality like you just got to suffer until you, until it stops until it gets easy because the easy part is just a little bit ahead it's got to suffer a little more uh that has been bad for me yeah
1: mm-hmm. i can see that yeah. yeah
0: i
2: love creating things with the two of you um I think that's I think that's what's what's still in it for me. Like mm-hmm. I like I like the energy we have. I um, for me I this is a place where I get to be expressive and creative and like share that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really cool. There's still, there's a, there's a vision for me that I think this this podcast um, and and our and our like continued recorded conversations um, might even point other people to. Mm-hmm. like this is, this is a way of being that is, um, that is open.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like this isn't just us. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's something prophetic about us continuing to meet together to, um, explore what it means in this context to like follow Jesus, be perceived and, 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 and like function in like race, racialized ways.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, there's, like, there's just a lot more to say and a, lot, and a lot more places to go. It may not always be this podcast, mm. um, but I do think that is that is a cool place where we get to share that exploration and maybe other people can glean something from it that's useful. Yeah. I hope so. Also, it's mm-hmm. still
0: fun. It is still, still fun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, yeah, it's pretty yeah. really fun. I'm encouraged by Tess, honestly.
1: <laughs> Me too, so yeah. we yeah. got together and
0: Tess was like, uh, I... Like, I have capacity. Here's some ideas. Oh, yeah. Like I'm going to write all these down. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It uh, no, felt no. good. It mm-hmm. was, like, felt, I, I felt cared for by Tess. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I did, too. Yeah. Yeah, and
2: that's,
1: also, like, other people care. Mm-hmm. A few of my friends have reached out. My friend Josh that was on the podcast in the first season, the first year. Right. And he was like, did you guys end the podcast? And I'm like, oh, no. And also – It's nice that like people are reaching out. People do care about this thing. And I think in a lot of ways the last year or the last six months specifically, I've been like, man, my work is fruitless. Like people don't give a fuck about the shit that I'm doing or I'm not actually effective at what I do. I'm so Mm -hmm. used to moving people in this thing fail like what am i doing here yeah so having somebody especially yeah having somebody and especially a friend be like oh i want to hear from you i haven't heard from you all in a while mm-hmm. that's been deeply meaningful
2: yeah that's cool it's funny yeah i i feel that part about like just feeling like things are fruitless i think that's just like that's because i mean so many reasons but this is, we're just up against
1: the lot. We've gone backwards since yeah. this podcast started. Like yeah. Roe versus Wade got reversed. Yeah. We're still watching so many people get killed by no. the police, Black folks get killed. It's been hard to feel encouraged to do anything <laughs> moving I towards do. change. Do we,
2: we mentioned that we were talking about where we were going to meet today? Because like, there's a fire in Canada and it's right. like and it's
1: like
0: filled uh-huh.
1: the air with yeah, the, air ash. Is toxic. <laughs> the air quality was 362 when I woke up this morning. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's wild. Yeah. But yeah, I have been feeling I've been struggling with uh the importance of this podcast because of that. Because mm. it just feel I feel so defeated. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel so defeated by the world right now. Like who wants to listen to us? Who wants to listen to me? Like Mm -hmm. it's hard. Yeah. And then there's so there has been such a influx um, of podcasts since 2020. Cause I think everybody was home and was like, everybody wants to hear from me, you know, women fuck y'all. Like I feel like there's so many men that have podcasts where they're just like, I hate y'all bitches, but I like sex like that's <laughs> really what the podcast. I want to fuck you but nothing else. Like that there's so many podcasts cool. like that now that mm. are disgusting and these guys are getting famous. Like there's one guy yeah, that's, that's like true. biracial or something. I don't know why i said it like that. He looked white as shit. That's why i said okay. i guess he's biracial. But he mm. tells this story where he went on a date with this racist white woman and like basically the story ends with like i fucked the shit out that racist bitch. And I'm like this is wild what? not <laughs> quite uh-huh. like what is happening here that so many people feel like we want to hear this shit yeah and i forget andrew tate his name is andrew tate oh yeah oh. He, he,
0: he thankfully arrested right in romania i
1: think so young men love yes. him I,
0: I only heard about him because he got arrested but after he got arrested it was like wow this guy has an incredible following
1: huge following. yeah It's so easy. One, it's easy to get famous because Mm -hmm. of social media and podcasting Mm -hmm. and stuff. But people like that have, like, discouraged me. I'm like, what makes me think that what I have to say is important? Or why would people listen to me? Mm -hmm. Like, there's just such an influx of people saying things. Well, we're in a media where Joe
0: Rogan is the number one podcast in the world. He's an idiot. Well yeah, he's like a misogynist idiot. There's like a Joe Rogan to Andrew Tate pop pipeline. Yeah. And it's funny cuz like we're on whatever iTunes or all the, you know, Spotify, all you can things. listen to us. And all, like the best the, the number one example of of this medium that we're on right now is freaking Joe Rogan. It's yeah. a weird yeah. it's weird. It's wild. Yeah.
1: But I think we're one also of the a talk
0: show. We're also a talk format podcast, mm-hmm. like Joe Rogan. So, uh, and, you know, it, it's, we're not this American. Like, This isn't public radio. You know, mm-hmm. we're just people talking to each other yeah. like Joe Rogan.
1: Right. So what makes us different? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, one of the main things is that what we're doing is we hope we're doing community organizing with this podcast. Right. right? Like we're trying to. Yeah use our lives as examples to organize change. Like we're, we're struggling with this shit too. Yeah. We are discouraged too, right? This shit is hard too, but this is how we're figuring it out, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact that we are centering community and not just ourselves, like it was funny that I said, oh, maybe we can get famous because like I, I have no desire for that. I really just want to affect change in the yeah. community. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one really important difference um, and that's one reason why I keep wanting to do things with you all is that I know at the end of the day, what you want to do centers around community and not yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, I feel aligned with that. Yeah. Sometimes I'm a little self-centered though. I can admit oh, that. Look, I want to get
2: famous too, Beth. It's not, but you're right. Like in the, the pathway to fame is not, a, is not actually a, like a place I want to go mm-hmm. if I'm going to end up like the famous people. I'm not really interested in that.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I don't want any of that. I just want money. I don't <laughs> yeah. even want, yeah, people nice. people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want people to know who I am. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: And I think it's important for us to keep figuring it out and stumbling through it mm-hmm. with each other. Yeah. Because um, I think people need to hear it. It's It's imperfect. Yeah our conversations are imperfect because we're imperfect and this walk is imperfect, mm-hmm. but you got to keep on trying.
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'm thankful for people who have asked, like who have asked how we've been and if this is still happening. And I'm also hoping new people find us.
1: That would be fun.
2: Yeah. I, I was thinking like one, one more reason I, I was thinking about, why I I want to do this podcast. It's not something that ever comes to the top for me, but something I think about often is just the record of it. Like, I don't want to get out of this world not having said the things I feel like we've said here. Like, I want it it on record that this is how I feel. (laughs) It is pretty
0: satisfying to look back and be like, oh, we recorded 60 episodes. Yeah. Also, I don't want, in case Eliza's book becomes a big deal and people look us up because of it, I don't want them to like get to sixty and be like, "Oh, I guess that's when everything fell apart." And like, like, <laughs> oh something my ab- gosh. Something about me is like, no,
1: don't <laughs> resist that. <We> keep
0: going.
1: <laughs> that is where everything fell apart. It is.
2: It is. Yeah, because
1: yeah. I had just quit when we recorded that episode, mm-hmm. and I was hot as a motherfucker mm-hmm. when I walked in that studio. Mm-hmm. I had just quit.
2: So when you get to that part of Eliza's book, just remember episode sixty-one. Yeah,
0: I listen to the podcast as you...
1: Do people know about this book? We brought it up a couple of times.
0: Uh, I guess not.
1: So there is, um, to give a brief, what we can share. Mm. um, There's a writer for The New Yorker that scouted Circle in 2019 because we were such activist oriented Christians and she wanted to... Um, have an exploration of like this new iteration of Jesus following where people, this is what she always says where people are like Narcanning folks in Kensington, but she started following us around in 2020 and that's when so many organizations hit their, mm-hmm. uh, what I call the racial reckoning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shifted uh, the content of her book and it really has focused on,
2: yeah,
1: yeah our, our church imploding mm-hmm. and at the center of it being um, a racial reckoning of yeah. like having having to reckon with our deep white supremacy for years. Yeah. Um, so that's the book that we're referencing that is supposed to come out in the next year or so. Mm-hmm. And I think me and you are in it, right, Andrew? Mm-hmm. I know I'm in it and I mm-hmm. know you're in it. Are you in it, Chris? She hasn't talked to me. Okay.
0: So I doubt it. I think okay. She, she might mention you. Yeah. She, I think we, she we, mentioned we, we've you. We've had, had a conversation, podcast.
1: but like
2: a fact checker has not called me. So.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It won't be that deep. So there's going to be a very interesting book <laughs> that will provide more context, so, yeah. as to what we're talking about, probably yeah. in 2024.
0: Yeah, are we gonna have her on? Our own what book?
1: <laughs> no, no, have her on.
0: Oh, are we gonna have?
1: I wonder if Eliza we. I never on. thought about having Eliza on. Yeah, I don't
0: know. That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. She, she's a. She's won a Pulitzer. <laughs> she's a big deal. She yeah. is a
1: very big deal.
0: Um. Yeah. So the last thing we like to do is talk about whatever I, if, I feel like that
1: was a really weird ending. We I'm going to cut that
0: in. last bit you out. You're just going to cut
1: it out? Where yeah. did yeah. we end before that?
0: I'll find a good place. Do you want to okay. say something else? Is there something else you want to add? Let me see. I
1: don't know. That just felt so clunky and not tight because we ended with me explain. The last thing we said was me explaining the book. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything else to say. So you'll find it in the editing. Sorry. Or
2: we'll have that we'll have one of those famous
0: phone calls. I mean, I could say something. I mean, I could I could rephrase it. I could be like, "One." I mean, when they part of the whole implosion or the pre-implosion was the fact that they took color correction off of Circle of Hope's podcast page, and there was that ambiguous period of time where we're like, "Are we a Circle
1: thing? Are we not?" <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. But, also, I think because we cuss so much too, that's so true. that was another yeah. thing we yeah, were yeah, like, yeah. "Can we cuss this much and be a church uh-huh. thing?"
0: Because the only other podcast was the Pastors Podcast. Yeah, which the Pastors was so the pastor's
1: Podcast didn't exist until maybe six months after we existed. Right, and yeah. at a certain
0: point, that at a certain point, the the podcast page was just our two podcasts. That's right. I and forgot then it was about just that. The one podcast. <laughs> so I even <laughs> it. anyway yeah, uh, but now you know, I'm kind of thankful that we're a separate thing because that means we're kind of our own institution, yeah, which is kind of cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Look at that. And maybe we're even a model of what the church can be in the future. <laughs> like that's something that I've actually really been thinking a lot about and struggling with. Like mm-hmm. I have no framework for what being a church can be other than what I've grown up with. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Like I only know doing it on Sunday, somebody, there's a featured preacher. Like Mm -hmm. I can't even begin to conceptualize or imagine what else being a church can be, but I know this shit ain't working.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, for sure. And I think that brings us back to what I, I was talking about in the beginning, which is that like, in the early, in the first half of the 20th century, they had certain ideas about what the church could be. That mm-hmm. obviously sounded kind of appealing to me, like every, like this, these buildings, you know, these big stone buildings. They thought they'd be around forever, but you know, they were wrong. Right. That model had to change, mm-hmm. and it's possible that ours does too. Um, and there's, I think, there's sadness in that, but there's mm-hmm. also possibility because it's never always been one thing.
1: It never has. Yeah. Never. The church has always been evolving. Yeah. So. Here's to the evolution. Yeah, there we go. How's that? How's that for a transition? That's a good transition. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. That's what I was looking for.
0: <laughs> so the last thing we like to do is talk about whatever we're into this week. Uh, Beth, do you want to kick us off?
1: Yes. Have y'all ever seen The Sopranos? No. It's a good show. You haven't seen the Sopranos? I have not Why seen Why do you say it like that? Why you got your arms folded and everything?
0: Because I understand that it is a giant missing piece of my media literacy. It's like it's like being into TV and it's like being into it's literature like and Harry having Potter. not read Shakespeare or something. Right. Oh, so totally. I I get it. All modern T V comes out of the Sopranos. You you can't understand it without watching the Sopranos first. I get it. Right. But yes, The Sopranos.
1: So I didn't realize that it was that big of a deal. Uh I was dating this guy and he was like, my top shows are The Sopranos and The Wire. I was like, okay, baby, I'll watch The Sopranos for you. Good decision. Great show. And me and him don't even go together no more. I'm still watching it. (laughs) like It's such a great show. Tony is a really interesting, complicated character. I have some tension with him because I feel like so often men get to be narcissistic pieces of shit in mm-hmm. television shows, yeah. but they're like made to look complicated.
0: Yeah, they It's because of the surprise.
1: That's, that comes from there, that yeah. model, yeah, interesting. Right. Okay.
0: A, like a place to
2: explore the inherent narcissism of, of men. And
1: mas- yeah, and yeah. masculinity unchecked. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really good. The characters are really fantastic. The acting is fantastic. And it's relatable because it's Jersey. So they remind me, I, <laughs> Growing up, um, I think from kindergarten to second grade, I went to this dance academy um or this dance school in South Philly led by these former like vaudeville Italians
2: okay. <laughs> from South Philly. I love
1: it. And it reminds me so much of them, like the way they talk, their attitude, the yes. way they're, sometimes their kids would come and kind of fuss at them. It's just yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It feels familiar and it's really good writing. So I'm into the Sopranos and also into the Roots Picnic. I went to the Roots Picnic for the first time this weekend and it's more white people than I'd prefer,
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) but mainly I was surrounded by beautiful blackness and like beautiful natural hairstyles and it was great. So that's what I'm into. Yeah.
2: I have yet to be. I have yet to go to Ruth's Picnic, and Beth, I'm, i like taking that to heart. Do, do I ever need to go to Ruth's Picnic? Maybe I just need to hear about it from Beth, <laughs> and maybe that'll be okay.
1: Uh-huh. One of the first people we talked to was this white guy, and he was like, "Oh, I come here every year, dude." And I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? You're the first person I run into. Thank you for the directions." So. <laughs>
2: um, I'm into a couple of things. Um, I feel immensely competitive about the um, super short season that shower, sour cherries grow on the two trees in Denise Community Garden. I don't want anyone else to get these fucking things. They are <laughs> ours. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, like, it's crazy. Cause like it, they're basically over now like they, they started um they started like six days ago and it's over it's so
1: fast that is fast
2: um and it's crazy how obsessed I have like I felt like we we like picked them before we left on the, on the weekend and, like that's the first thing we have to do when we come back is pick these cherries and like it like it, there's a thunderstorm like that like this has been like crazy like crazy fire ash in the air but i don't care i'm getting those cherries Get cherry. yes <laughs> which is like because cherry jam and cherry pie are delicious
1: mm-hmm.
2: are none so like this is just this is not something that ever would have been on my radar without anything in my life like would not have Thought about that or cared about that at all, and not only is it deteriorating, but it's also like there's in, like an enormous amount of processing you have to do because they're sour, and you add all the the sugar to them. So there's there's a lot of work that I never would have signed myself up for. Do they
1: have pits? <laughs> yeah, you have to you pit have them. The them too. <laughs>
2: okay. And we're thinking like, like we're not going to do any of the like baking until winter, so like all this stuff has to like has, has to freeze, and it's just like.
1: A lot of work. It is a lot of work.
2: It's so worth it. I never never would have signed up for that. Um, And then, of course, because I'm human, the other thing I'm into is the final
0: season of Ted Lasso. Which
1: I heard is really good. People keep on saying they sobbed at the finale. I don't even know what Ted Lasso is about. I thought it was a cartoon on Adult Swim. So Ted (laughs) Lasso, that's so
2: funny. For years. You know what it is.
0: Really?
1: I don't have to explain it. I, I still like don't to know what it is, but that. I know it's live action.
0: Um, <laughs> That's the only thing that you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> not a cartoon.
2: And <laughs> on its surface, you wouldn't necessarily. I don't know. Like it's like he's a he's a coach of a football team. He's an he's an American coach of in, of a British football team. Uh-huh. So, like he he goes into the first season knowing like, nothing about about the game of soccer. soccer. Oh, okay. Um, and his and his like his assistant coach has to teach him everything he knows. But it's like it's soccer is the backdrop of course for like these like beautiful relationships almost entirely between men. Like hmm. it's I, I cry every episode at like the touching things that they that they do for okay. each other and the ways that they've grown through the th- three seasons. Like yeah. it's it's only like it's an it's a it's it's exploring masculinity from like a lens of like people can change and grow and men can care about each other like it's it's so beautiful yeah i can't get over it
0: Mm. i like that idea but i think it should have ended with season one. <laughs> it should
1: have ended when it was still a cartoon on Adult Swim. Yeah, exactly. yes.
0: Back when it was a cartoon on Adult Swim. Was, <laughs> that was, that was it, I mean, it's cheesy. But um, I'm here, here for it. I'm
1: definitely here for it. Does awesome. it come on Apple TV? Yeah. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I am into uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse.
1: Oh, I've heard it's good. It,
0: it's really good. It's oh, beautifully animated. Rate? Yeah, it, it's incredible. It. It's got a great... It's it's really good. I guess the only... Well, it, it's like, it doesn't quite end because there's a sequel. Uh, so when the sequel comes out, maybe it'll be that better than the first one. But mm-hmm. wow. Wow. the first one is incredible. Was so, I've watched that. It. So the first one's movie. really good, yeah. yeah. And this yeah. one, I feel like, is maybe just as good. It's great. Uh, specifically, though... I, what I'm into this week is the character of Hobie Brown, Spider-Punk, voiced by Daniel Kaluuya, um, oh. who is just so much fun to, to watch.
1: Tremendous voice, too. Uh, Random fact about Daniel Kaluuya. So there's a movie that he did, Widows. And it's a meme where he's, like, in the person's face, like, looking at him, like, go ahead and say something. Go ahead and say something. And I was watching an interview with him recently, and he got that from famous Philly rapper Beanie Siegel Siegel from South Philly. He said, and Petey Crack. Another random Philly freestyle rapper, but apparently Daniel was watching freestyles and saw Petey Crack rapping, and Beanie Siegel was in his face like, huh, come on, cuz, like getting in his face real close, and that's where Daniel Kaluuya got that from um, in the movie Widows, so I just love that Daniel Kaluuya that but this Danny British Kalua. got that from Beanie Siegel from Yo. South Philly and Petey Crack.
0: Whatever his voice is great. Yeah, yeah. he has great a great voice. voice.
1: Great. Does he yeah. have an accent in it, or is yeah. he doing an American no, accent? No, he's,
0: he's pure Brit. Oh, pure I love it. Working class, okay, black British accent. Love it. It's great. Yeah.
1: I have to check it yeah.
0: out. I gotta watch this. Um, so special thanks and uh, love, especially to Joe Mahoney, who, under no ordinary circumstances, is our audio engineer. Tess Pitino is our producer and social media goddess. Amy Young does our
1: website. And does Jared still do our, oh, theme, song? Still z- our theme song?
0: Jared okay. still does our theme song.
1: Okay. Yeah,
0: Jared does our theme song.
1: Um, And yeah, so today we actually have two requests. So we are going to continue our new story format, um, but we want some stories from y'all. So if you have some stories about navigating race and faith or just any sort of intersection of oppression in America. We're interested in hearing about it. If you guys have our numbers, you can send us a text or give us a call about it, or you can go to colorcorrectionpodcast.com and drop us a line um, uh, to either ask us a a question or tell us about how you're following um, Jesus and race and faith, or you can tell us a story. Um, So hit us up on the Color Correction Podcast's Uh, website. And with that, stay black, Little Mermaid, and go see the Little Mermaid that is out now. Support Halle Bailey. Um, And yeah, again, stay black, Little Mermaid.